Well, praise the Lord, everybody. Praise the Lord. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, today we're going to continue in the series entitled, What's Holding You Back? And we're in a sub-series. The sub-series is called, How's Your Heart? And this is actually part number three of that sub-series. I know that you're going to be blessed today as we dive into God's rich word. And I tell you that signs, wonders, and miracles are going to break out in the body of Christ. As we clean up our hearts, you'll see the Holy Spirit move in in miraculous ways. And people will be saved and the great end time revival will be revealed. I can't wait. And I'm so glad that you are here with me. Don't forget also to join us on our website 24 hours a day at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can find our YouTube page, Facebook page, Twitter, and so much more. Check it out today. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message entitled, How's Your Heart? Part 3, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, we've been in a series and... um, Uh, The season is move forward and we can see signs of moving forward. And if you're connected with the ministry, you should also see signs in your life of things moving forward. Hallelujah. The series we're in is entitled What's Holding You Back? And for the last two sessions here, we've been speaking uh, from the subject of how's your heart? And I believe this would be part number three. Of, uh, of how's your heart, part number three, I believe. Today we're going to start here in 2 Samuel, 2 Samuel, the 22nd chapter, 2 Samuel 22, uh, verse number 27. I'm going to read one verse to you. Uh, you can turn to if you like, or just meet me there in Matthew 5, Matthew 5. There are two scriptures we're going to talk about before we get to our main scripture. Uh, remember, we've been talking about the heart. How's your heart? And God is, if you hear me, God is positioning you for the increase. He is positioning you for this end time revival. He is positioning you so that you'll see him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's positioning you for good things to come. Amen. And also positioning us to use us in this end time revival that souls will be saved and come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. All right. Second um, Samuel 22, verse 27. Listen to how this reads here. I'll be reading this for you out of the King James Version. As a matter of fact, um, well, I'll just go over this one. Second Samuel 22, verse 27. It says this one verse with with the pure, thou wilt show thyself pure. And with the froward King James language froward, thou shalt show thyself unsavory. Now we're going to define these words for you, so don't worry. He says, with the pure, you're going to show yourself pure. And remember our main verse in Matthew, Matthew 8, rather Matthew 5, verse 8. Are y'all ready? I, I don't like competition. Matthew 5, verse 8 says this, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall what? See God. That's our anchor scripture. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, understand again, in Second uh, Samuel 22, verse 27, it says, With the pure, thou show yourself, you'll show yourselves pure. 
God said, with the, with the pure, obviously pure in heart, clean in heart, he will show himself pure. In other words, what you see will be reflected to you. What's in you, uh, this is how you will see God. With the pure, God said he will show himself pure. Another word for pure is clean. With the clean, he will show himself as clean. All right. But then it says with the forward, forward means uh, really twisted or perverted. With those that have a twisted or perverted heart, the Bible says thou will show thyself unsavory. Now, unsavory means it means literally uh, to twist, uh, to twist or to struggle. In other words, God said with the twisted, I will show myself twisted. He revealed himself twisted to those that have a twisted heart. Now, understand that. In other words, they will receive a distorted view of God. Uh, they will see God as twisted because they are twisted. You understand? They will struggle and wrestle with God because their hearts are pure toward him. Now, as we said before, it's impossible for you to have a pure heart without God. You're going to have to seek him and ask him to create in you a clean heart and renew a right spirit in you. Having a pure heart does not mean that you're perfect. Now, we're going to look at this further on in the series. Having a pure heart does not mean that you are perfect. Remember, um, Matthew 5, 8 said again, bless are the pure in heart for they shall see God. All the persons that we that we know of in scripture that saw God were not perfect. Moses saw the Lord, but he was not perfect. The disciples even saw the resurrected Christ. They were not perfect. Uh, Saul, who later became Paul, saw Christ, saw a light that blinded him. He also was not perfect. But these all were yielded to the Lord. And I believe they had a heart of repentance toward God. And this is what we're striving after. This is what we're seeking after. Are you hearing? So we're going to see the Lord. Now listen to also, you can listen to this Proverbs 22, verse 11. This is out of the uh, New Living Translation. It says, whoever loves a pure heart, whoever loves a pure heart and gracious speech will have the king as a friend. So another another point here. This is another uh, reason why you want to have a pure heart, because God will give you a favor with those in authority, favor with those that have means. Are you hearing whoever loves a pure heart and gracious speech? Kind speech, giving speech will have the will have the king as a friend. So if we're holding animosity and bitterness and and holding resentment against others, all you're doing is contaminating your own heart. And the more pure your heart becomes, again, the more you will see God manifested before you. In different things in your life. I'm not just saying that you're going to see a throne one day. You can wake up and you're going to see a throne and you're going to see God uh, sitting there. Oh, that's only one facet of the Lord. The Bible declares again that God is love, that God is good. God is a consuming fire. God is a fortress and a shield. He is a very present help in time of trouble. You're going to see the Lord. 
Hallelujah. You're going to see God manifested before you and you're going to see um, the good things come to pass. You're going to see your enemies slain and the different troubles and trials, tribulations that you've been having. You're going to see the Lord defeat those things one by one by one as you continue to endeavor to have a pure heart before him. Those that have a pure heart, you'll understand, too, that you won't have any problem giving. You won't have any problem loving. If you look at the purest heart, we can say uh, the the Lord said that um, uh, forbid not children to come to him for such is the kingdom of God. And he said that uh, a child, you must become like a child in order to enter into the kingdom. Children have a pure heart. I've seen a video um, recently there on, I believe, Facebook or YouTube where um, uh, this little black boy goes into the nursery. Some of you may have seen that. This little black boy, he may have been, I don't know, maybe three years old or so. He goes into a nursery and uh, a group of other children of other races come and grab him and say, oh, you're back, you're back, you're back. They haven't learned prejudice. But I I pray they never do. Because that is something that is taught. It is not something that is innate. Are you hearing? And I have a problem with problem with people that say they're going to heaven. If you can't worship with someone else that doesn't look like you here, how in the world are you going to worship with someone else that doesn't look like you up there? Are you hearing? I would say something stronger about that, but I'm not right now. But understand something. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Now, we said that uh, the phrase uh, shall see means that God really wants to appear. He really wants to be seen by you in your circumstances, in different situations in life. When you're really going through a trial, when you're really going through a struggle, sometimes, well, all the time, it is good to know that God is with you. It is good to see him. It is good to see him around you. It's good to see him in someone else as they come to give you aid or give you assistance, as they come to give you a word, uh, as they come to give you a hug. It is good to see the Lord in the, in the ways that he will manifest himself all around you. Especially when you're going through difficult times, when the disciples were on the boat and they were toiling and rowing, they were rowing all night long and they had a very difficult time. What happened next was that they saw Jesus walking on the water and their whole attitude changed. One, of course, uh, because they were afraid they thought he was a ghost. They said, wow, it's a ghost. And they cried out for fear. But once they recognized that it was Jesus, the fear left. The storm was still there. The wind was still blowing and the waves were still crashing against the boat. But because they saw the Lord, they knew it was going to be okay. They knew it was going to be okay. And I'm telling you that as we endeavor to have a pure heart, we're going to see the Lord manifesting himself in different areas in our lives. Amen. So, uh, again, um, God is conditioning your heart so that we can see him or we can say so that he may be seen uh, by us. As a result, we're going to become like him. 
This is the main reason why we're in this series talking about having a pure heart. Yes, God's going to bless you. Yes, you'll have favor with the king. Praise God. Yes, you'll see the Lord in troubled areas and situations of your life. Yes, you will. But the main reason that God is choosing to manifest himself before you is that you may be like him. Are you hearing? Now let's go to first John. You can write this down. First John, the third chapter, uh, verse number one, two and three. Let me show you this. Here's our goal. It says here, this is first John, the third chapter verses uh, one, two and three. And it says it's not the King James version. And it says, behold, what manner uh, of love the father hath bestowed on us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not because it knew him not. Verse two, beloved, now are we the sons of God? Say, now I am a son of God. Now, remember, the word son does not denote gender. That is male or female. It denotes a position of favor that you have with God. So it says again, now are we the sons of God? And you have to agree with that. In other words, you have to see yourself not as some lowly, no good, nothing. You've got to see yourself in a high position of favor with the most high God. That he has chosen you for a mission, for an assignment. Now are we the sons of God? I say amen. You must say amen to that. Now are we the sons of God? Not maybe, not later, not next week, not once I get to heaven. Now I am a son of God, an offspring of God. Now remember, offspring, sons, here again, talks about offsprings, offsprings of God. Uh, My children look like me. One of my children more than the other. Because they look like mama. But I tell you, my traits, you can find in them. My crazy zany ways, you'll see it come to pass sometime in my daughter. She can't hide it. Are you hearing? Your offspring will take on your personality. And then I've known someone who was uh, born of a, of, a, of a single mother who dropped the child off and then went off to do her thing. And the child grows up to act just like her. Not being taught to act like her, but the personality of the mama was in the child, even though the mama was not around. I've seen that happen. Now the person is, you know, praise God. But understand, we are the offspring of God. We are his children. So therefore, there should be some of God's personality and resemblance on the inside of us. Does that make sense? Now are we the sons of God. Now listen, and it doeth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, grab a hold of this. We know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. When God shall appear, we'll be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that hath this hope in himself purifies himself even as he is pure. So the rule is when God shows himself, we'll become like him. When I see him, I'll become like him. How many of you really want to hear the word of God today? Are you praying with me? 
Oh, praise Jesus. When you see him, you will become like him. That's my goal. Now, how do I see him? Remember again, Matthew, the Matthew, the fifth chapter, verse eight. Bless are the pure in heart for they shall see God. So as I develop a pure heart, I will be, I will see God. As you develop a pure heart, you will see God. And once you see him, you will become like him. And I'm telling you more and more now in this present age, the world needs Christ now more than ever. Not fakes, not pretenders, not hypocrites, not gossipers, not people that want to point the finger and judge one person of one thing, but their whole house is full of sin. Are you hearing me? Oh, some of some people have become a master at pointing out other sins, but pay no attention to their own. I know it's a shock. Second Corinthians, the third chapter, verse 18. Listen to what this says. But we all with open face, beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord. Beholding means to look. Listen to this. But we all with open face, that is faces uncovered. Behold, we're looking as in a glass or a mirror. Many translations say mirror. It's like we're looking in a mirror. What happens as in a glass, the glory of the Lord, we see the glory of the Lord, just like we're looking into a mirror. And it says when that happens are changed into the same image one more time. But we all with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, uh, even as by the spirit of God. Now, the word change here means to be transformed or to be transfigured, to take on another shape, to take on another appearance. In other words, once again, once I behold him, I will be changed. Once I behold him, I'll be transformed. Once I behold him, I will be transfigured. Once I behold him. Are you hearing? Now, there are several examples of that here again in the word in the word of God. Uh, one example, of course, like we said before, with Moses, when Moses beheld the Lord there on Mount Sinai as he was getting the Ten Commandments, as he talked with the Lord. And the Bible says plainly that Moses talked to God face to face as with uh, as like a man would talk to another man. In other words, so as Moses was talking to the Lord, you can find a lot of that in Exodus the 34th chapter. As Moses was talking with the Lord, he was beholding the Lord. And what happened? He came out of the mountain with the Ten Commandments and the Bible says his face shone. In other words, his face was shining. His appearance had changed. He was like a human light bulb because he began to take on the appearance of what he saw. Are you hearing? He began to take on the appearance of what he saw. One thing that happened as well, we can look at uh, as far as Elijah and Elisha. When Elisha, rather when Elijah was going to be taken up before the Lord in a great whirlwind, it was his time to uh, be taken up for another assignment. Elisha asked him um, a hard thing. He said, Elisha said, uh, I want a double portion of what you have. I want a double portion of the miracles that you're able to do. I want double that. And Elijah said, well, what you've asked a hard thing, but nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken away, if you see me when I go from you, you'll have what you want. 
In other words, if you see, you'll be changed, transfigured by what you see, by what you behold. And what happened? Elijah was taken up in the whirlwind and Elisha cried out, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof, my father. And of course, the mantle fell as he saw it. He then began to go back by the brook that they uh, crossed uh, coming over and he took the mantle of Elijah and he took it off from, from his neck and he smote the waters and said, where is the God of Elijah? And he smote the waters and they went from one side to the other. They parted and he walked through on dry ground saying that he had been changed because of what he saw. Because of what he saw. Are you hearing me? Again, now I want you to repeat something with me so that I want to really drive this home to you. And I, I, I pray, my God, I, I really do understand why Paul begged a lot in Scripture. You'll see him saying several times, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Several times he uses the word beseech, beseech, beseech. Beseech means to beg, to beg. In other words, he was trying to get something to them. He was begging them, please receive this. Please know the importance of what is being said right now. It is my heart that none be left, that, that none be left behind, but I understand that there is a part of it. Not everybody is going to go. But understand this. Now, I want you to repeat this after me. Uh, the image that I constantly uh, place before me will transform me into what I see. Again, the image that I constantly place before me will transform me into what I see. If you're looking at God, you're transformed. You're going to have his, you're going to begin to have his characteristics. By the same token, understand that this also works in the negative. So the question would be, what are you constantly seeing? What are you constantly placing before your eyes? What's constantly placed before your eyes in, in the form of entertainment that is movies or television shows or games or books, magazines? What are the what images are repeated over and over and over again in your mind? What you will see, you'll become like what you see. You will become like what you see. If the images before your eyes are always perverse, then you will become perverted. You will become like what you see, what is what is always in front of you. So we can also ask the question, what is transforming you? What is transforming you? You say, well, I want to, I want to do the will of God in my life. I want to be like God. I want to be like Christ. I want to, I want to help people uh, and, and I want to do God's will for my life. Well, then what are you constantly seeing? If you're constantly seeing negative things, constantly seeing um, demonic things, then you will become like what you see. So I could even ask the better question is, what are you becoming? What are you becoming? If I want to know what you are becoming, all I have to do is just follow you around and see what your eyes are constantly beholding. You will become like what you see. Are you hearing? That's a very powerful point. It is your right to become like God. 
I didn't say it is your right to become God. It is your right to become like God. The definition for the word Christian is Christ like. He wants you to become like him. He said the works that I do shall you do also and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my father. The Bible is very emphatic that this is God's purpose for your life, for your life and mine, that we become like him. We're meant to be overcomers, not the ones that are being overcome. We're meant to be above and not beneath. We're not we're meant to be the victors and not the constant victim. We're meant to be victorious in every area of life. You're not meant to be depressed. You're meant to be filled with joy. You're not to be fi- you're not meant to be filled with grief and and anxiety and worry all the time. Remember, if it's not found in heaven, it should not be found in your life. Heaven is an abundant place. You should have an abundance. Are you hearing me? We put up with a lot of things that we should not be putting up with. Some because we're simply not educated according to the word of God. And some because we've just plain out lazy. We don't seek God's face. Are you hearing? Uh, And we're closing here. Uh, Romans 8 verse 18. Listen to this. It says uh, through 20 uh, Romans 18 um, and 19. It says this. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth on the manifestation of the sons of God. We talked about that on last week, how all creation is waiting for you to get your act together. How the worldly, the ungodly, those that are sitting in darkness are waiting for you to get your act together. Don't look at the preacher, the superstar preacher. God's looking at you. Let me tell my pastor, go down there. No, you go down there. They're waiting because they may not hear my voice, but they will surely hear yours. And they're waiting on you. There are people that are sitting in the crack houses. There are people that are sitting in the whorehouses. There are people that are dancing on the dance floors. That they're, they're having, they, they have a smile on their face, but they are tore up on the inside. They're fearful. They are afraid. They're hurting on the inside and they're waiting on you to become like Christ so that you may give them a word and so that their lives may be transformed. They're waiting to get out of the pain. Why does the drunkard drink? He doesn't drink because he's thirsty. He drinks because he's empty. He needs a change. Why does so-and-so keep getting high? Because he's trying to forget about his troubles. He doesn't need to forget about his troubles. He needs to be delivered from the trouble. And so God's waiting. All heaven is waiting for us to get out of our selfishness and really seek the face of God. Life is not about you. Remember, this life is temporary. It is temporal. It is subject to change. And in a moment, it will be gone away. But there is another world that is eternal. That is the real world. The seen world was spoken out, was brought out or created out of the unseen. God is invisible. His holy angels are invisible. Heaven is invisible to our reality, to our state of things. This world will change and it will eventually be done away with, consumed by fire this entire planet. Are you hearing me? And there will be a new heaven and a new earth. 
old things will be passed away. But we keep focusing on this world and this is not the real deal. Creation is waiting. Please tell your neighbor. Creation is waiting on you. I'm telling you the desperate are waiting on you. The desperate are waiting on you. The hopeless are waiting on you. The infirm, the sick are waiting on you. Wait, they're waiting on you to do the works of Christ. Now, let me give you an example of this. There are many times that I have gone into hospitals, many times that I have gone uh, to other places and I pray with individuals and I brought, if it were, uh, a manifestation of heaven in the room, in the atmosphere. There are many places, matter of fact, just this past Friday, I had a, a session uh, with a couple of people here in this building back there, and the gentleman had had a pain in his arm for years, his arm and his shoulders for years, years. Anybody know about a chronic pain that you have for years? And as we were sitting there speaking, I felt the word of the Lord come on the inside of me. And I told him, I said, I could bet you. I said, if I were a betting man, I would bet you a hundred dollars that that pain would leave you before you walk out of this door. I said, if I were a betting man, if I were a betting man, I would bet you, but I'm not. But I said, if you are willing to let me pray with you, I tell you that pain will leave you. And guess what happened? It left him. Hallelujah. After he came down out of the spirit with tears streaming down his eyes, hallelujah, hands lifted, hands lifted. He said, I said, well, how did it feel? How do you feel? He said, well, uh, I guess I owe you a hundred dollars. I guess I owe you a hundred dollars. God took it away. Then he had an encounter with an invisible world. There's another young lady in Birmingham. I pray with her. She had a uh, some sort of gorder or something in her neck that was uh, about the size of a grapefruit. And she was in the uh, in the hospital room and they they told me about it. So we decided to go and I went down and I prayed with her and the presence of the Lord was so rich in that place. Hallelujah. Before I came in the room, before I prayed with her, uh, her sister told me that she was slurring. The lady was slurring a lot and really just out of it. But the more we began to talk and as I prayed for her and laid my hands upon her, she had an encounter with another world. Before I left, her speech had cleared up and she was walking down the hallway. Hallelujah. The nurse saw her and said, what are you doing up? What, what's going on here? What's going on here? She had an encounter with another world. Are you hearing? And there are more examples that I can give you. But it's not me, but it's the God who works. It's the Holy Spirit of God who wants to do this through all of you. So I say again, like Paul, I beseech you, I beg you to hear. Because there is more, there are more with you than there are against you. And God wants to use you, but you've got to get out of yourself. Are you hearing? Let me close with this. You were destined to be like him. You were destined, you were created to be like him. You were created to be a victor and not a victim. Man was created to be like God. If you look in Genesis, the first chapter, verse 26 tells you that the very, the very first book of the Bible says Genesis 1 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. We can stop right there. 
God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. When man fell, we lost the image. We lost lost the likeness. But through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, through his sacrificial offering, we have attained once again the sonship. We can be like him. The very thing we were created to be, we can now be through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus went forth healing the sick and raising the dead. Guess what? You go forth healing the sick and raising the dead. Jesus went forth casting out devils and demons. And you go forth casting out devils and demons. Don't leave it up to the preacher. You have the authority through Christ Jesus. Are you hearing me? Have I done those things? Yes. Hallelujah. Praise God, but it's not just me, but it is you. I'm trying to convey to you today that you have a responsibility. The world is crying out for you, for you to be transformed into the image of Christ and do the works of Christ. It is our responsibility. Those of you that know the truth, it is your responsibility to be like him. I tell you, they are out there. My wife and I were in Walmart. Let me give you another example. We're in Walmart and uh, people like to come up to my wife and tell, tell her all her, all their business. Isn't that wonderful? She has the anointing of the pastor. I'm telling you, they tell her all their business. We were right there in the in the chips aisle, in the cookie aisle. Praise the Lord. And uh, we went down there to get some snacks or something. Uh, by the way, I like chocolate chips in case somebody... Went down the aisle to find something, something to eat. And the two ladies there, one lady was in the um, uh, wheelchair, the electric wheelchair thing. And the other lady was standing there by the chips. And they just began to start talking to my wife. And so I said, praise the Lord, I, I can walk by and looking for my chips ahoy. Where are my chips ahoy? You know, they began to strap a conversation. And I heard the lady tell my wife that she'd had a toothache uh, for weeks and that she really didn't have the money to go to a dentist. She'd had a toothache for weeks and it, and it was just bad, bad. And it made her, her ear ache. Anybody have a toothache that so bad it make your ear hurt? And all of this was just hurting. She said, all of it hurting. And I heard them. And I said, well, would you mind, uh, mind if I pray for you? Would you mind if I pray for you? She said, what, you some pastor something? I said, well, <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm a believer. She said, can, I said, can I pray with you? She said, yeah. And so I stretched my hand just to just to gently, you know, put it on her face. I said, would you allow me to? She said, yes. But she grabbed my hand and, and sort of, I said, oh, I thought you were hurting right there. Praise the Lord. <laughs> she wanted relief and she believed God. And so I pray right there in the cookie aisle, Brother Ray, right there in the cookie aisle, right there with the chips ahoy and, and all the other cookies. I said, in the name of Jesus, I declare healing and deliverance right now. And I speak to this pain. I command it to go in Jesus name. Guess what? She had an encounter with an invisible kingdom. The Lord right there in a snack aisle healed her right there. And she left going, oh, 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 it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. It's gone. How could that happen? How could that happen? There was an encounter. There was an encounter. I brought heaven with me. Now, this is not something that is exclusive to me. Hear me. I'm not telling you this to build myself up. I'm telling you to show you what is available to you, that it works. This is not something I'm telling you out of a book, out of somebody's book or something I read on on, on, on the Internet. I'm telling you something that happens right now that is still happening currently in my own life. 
Are you hearing? Miracles, signs, and wonders are still occurring. And But what if all of us, the 40 or 50 of us, will all get the same revelation and go out to the hospitals? Clean them out. And let the presence of the Lord be felt there. Let me give you one more example. Just went up, Brother Kelly and I went up to the hospital um, uh, a few days ago. And I said, Brother, and there was a, a young sister there that's there in the ICU. And I believe with all my heart, she's going to come out of that place in Jesus' mighty name. I decree it Jesus' name. Amen. I told Brother Kelly, I said, look at these, look at the heart machines here. Because they're the, the different devices that were showing the, her pulse and all of that right there. I said, look at Kelly, I want you to watch this. Watch what happens when I touch her. As I just touch her and began to pray with her. Because I knew the Spirit of God is coming. And so as I laid hands on her and just began to touch her and began to pray, the machines start going up. The machines start going up. And then all of a sudden they began to start beeping. Beep, 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 beep. They began to beep. Then we had to call the beep nurse in here. Come on in here and, and fix the machine. Praise the Lord. Get ready for the next prayer time. Why? Because something invisible invaded the visible. I'm telling you, these things are happening. You will become like him as you see him. And the more and more your heart becomes pure, the more and more you'll see God demonstrating his power and authority through your life. I pray you've heard the word of God today. We're stopping right there in Jesus' mighty name. We pray that you were richly encouraged by today's message and that you've received a great blessing. Don't forget to contact us on our website at www.kingdomrock.org. We'd love to see you in a live service every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. And on Wednesday night, we start at 7 p.m. Come on out. Everyone's invited. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. We would so love to connect with you. And don't forget to stop by our website and check us out. Once again, our web address is www.kingdomrock.org. Well, until next time, my friends, remember that Jesus loves you so very much. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. God bless you. And we'll see you next time for more Kingdom Rock Radio.